0: Welcome to Whatever It Takes, a Degrassi podcast, um, in which we talk about every episode of Degrassi, The Next Generation. And if you guys want to follow along, uh, all the episodes are on YouTube. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Holland. And
1: today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 11, Friday Night. And Kelsey, let's kick things off and read the episode summary.
0: Okay, uh, right from the Degrassi wiki... Uh, when Sean asks Emma what she's doing tonight, Emma's thrilled. That's a date, right? But nervous Sean is unable to muster the courage to arrange the details, and Emma misunderstands his hesitancy as rejection. When they finally do cut through their misunderstanding and go out, the date is fundamentally a disaster with catastrophe after catastrophe, and Emma's sure she's blown it. I mean, most of this summary is the first six minutes of the episode. <laughs> it's like it's barely even a plot point.
1: Also, I don't understand the Sean can't muster the courage to, like, figure out the details. I don't remember that being a thing. I remember Sean – I remember Emma being like, wait, he asked me to hang out. Is that a date? And then she approaches Sean and is like, so about tonight? And he's like, yeah. And then, like, gets all weird about it. And then they have their weird dodgeball moment. But I don't remember any, like, planning – Yeah, no, there's
0: there's no fear here. And by the way, I want to talk about how weird that dodgeball thing was for like (laughs) 12 hours. So let's jump in with you telling us a little bit about the episode title.
1: The episode title is Friday Night. It's named after so many different things because it's the most vague title I think we've had. And I don't
0: really, there's not much to say about it. I mean, just... Off of the top of my head, Friday Night's All Right for Fighting, TGIF. What is that the name of the Katy Perry song? Or is it just TGIF Friday Night? I can't remember. But there's, there's a bunch of them. Oh, and Friday, obviously. Friday, Friday. You're naming every, all these things that happened
1: after this episode aired.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they're all the ones that come to mind right now. Except for the first one, Friday Night's All Right for Fighting is not... Post-2002, right? I I don't know.
1: The Degrassi Wiki says it's named after several songs by many different music artists and groups, such as Alistair, Loverboy, <gasps> Red Gum, Roy Orbis, Orbison, and Slick Shoes. It also shares the name, uh, same name as a 2002 drama film and 2000 French film called Vendredi Soir. I
0: like Alistair. Um Wow, Degrassi Wiki just hitting us with all the vague bullshit that they like to throw our way. Um so the episode starts off with a girl carrying a jar full of questionable materials. <laughs> um, and then Manny's manicure and she's talking about how it's called Passion Flame. Mm-hmm. And it it's I think it's a pretty good indication of like where Manny's story arc will take her where she's like gets real girly and like into like very like sultry things.
1: Yeah. But I think it also shows just how innocent, naive Manny is in the first season. And she kind of continues to have some naive tendencies throughout her entire being as a character. She just gets more mature physically <laughs> But, um, yeah, she's all about her passion flame nail polish. And then Sean comes walking down the aisle, down the aisle, down the hall. Oh, my gosh. Freudian slip. I just want them to get married. Um, he comes walking down the hall toward Emma and asks, like, hey, what's up? And Manny's like, oh, I need to go talk to Liberty. And then gives Emma the most obvious look ever,
0: like, oh, my God, he's, a boy is talking to you. Yeah, I wrote down, Manny is V-subtle. <laughs> so, if that's any indication to you. um, I mean, I just, Sean and Emma forever, really. Um, So, yeah, I mean, so Sean comes over, and he's like, I mean, do you have a transcript? Because it's all just, like, very, like, so it's Friday. And, like, they're talking about math, and Emma's like, yeah. And he's like, you want to hang out? And she's like, sure. And... I mean, I understand why they're so, like, is it a date? I don't know. But I think if, like, a guy right now was like, do you want to hang out on Friday? I'd be like, I guess I'm going on this date with this person because that's how boys do things. Like, Paige later is so spot on. She's just like, no, that's just how they do things. They're not going to be like, I would love to take you out on an official fancy date with a meal and a thing and, and, like, wear your finest attire.
1: Yeah, he's not going to, like, get down on his knee and, like, Ask her out and be like, Emma, would you accompany me on a date this Friday evening? It's like, no. Do you want to hang out? That's that's what that's called. Or do you want to go out? That's also another like vague term I remember from middle school that was like, wait, is he asking me to be like his girlfriend? It's like, no. You, he'll ask you like, so do you want to go out? And that, and then you, that's what it means. So much vague, so much one syllable answers. So Ryan Atwood light.
0: Oh, Ryan would like, yeah, no, it's 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 almost like a shitty code, um. So yeah, that happens. I mean, it's it's fine. And then Manny comes over and she's like, "Well, was that what happened?" You know. Oh, I think he asked me on a date. Maybe, probably? <laughs> question mark. Um, but I really want to talk about their interaction with Toby. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because first of all, I like that he starts talking to them like a crazy, but he's like, Hey guys, I mean, girls, I mean, I don't know. And it's like, they're playing up Toby's like awkward crush on Emma so hard that it's like super cringy. Um, and I love that Emma and Manny are like, let's go sharpen our pencils. <laughs> like, okay. It's middle school. I have to wash my hair that night.
1: Yeah. I loved the pencil sharpening. Exit strategy. It's just so they just so do not give a fuck about Toby. It's like, hey guys, da, da, da. and they're like, um, we have to go sharpen our pencils now. Bye. And then immediately when they sit down, Emma's like, ugh, why can't Toby like you instead of me? And then Manny's like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. What did
0: Sean say to you? <laughs> I don't understand why she's trying to pawn Toby off onto Manny and why Manny seems like she's fine with it. Because Manny's not interested in Toby.
1: She like I mean, nobody's interested in Toby, let's be real.
0: I mean, that's super fair. Sad potato.
1: As soon as he appeared on screen, I just wrote down, fucking Toby potato. He's so, he's like, he's such a little derp of a person.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Um. Yeah, no, to- Toby's the worst. Um. And then, you know, she, like, expresses her, like, worries to Manny And I love Manny. She's just so sweet. And she's just, she just is trying to agree with Emma. She's like, yeah, I think it's definitely a date. Probably, maybe, I don't know. And I'm just like, Manny, you're so cute right now. Like, just stay this sweet forever. It's like that Taylor Swift song, Innocent. Like, just stay that way. Just, you're the best.
1: Yeah, Manny is the most supportive friend ever. Maybe to a fault, but she is the most supportive sounding board for Emma So after that, we go over to the grade eights, and they're in English class, and they're still studying Romeo and Juliet for some reason. It seems like it's been forever. But there's, like, a field trip being planned to Stratford to go see it, and Ms. Kwan is just talking about it in class, but she keeps hearing a clicking noise going off, like someone's clicking their pen, and it turns out fucking Spinner is listening to his Walkman or Discman. And not paying attention, and she rips his headphones off, and he just goes, "Hey, my disc man," and like acts like she's like the one in the wrong by interrupting his music.
0: I mean, Spinner, I the amount of times that I wrote down, I hate Spinner. Spinner's the fucking worst. Is it's half of my page at this point because he's a fucking nightmare. Like I just, I have a lot of rage. But also, Disc Man. Oh my God, Spinner's Disc Man. I remember I used to. Like, in middle school, when I would go running, I would like carry my disk man while I did it. It was great. Um oh, disc man. did you have like the headphones that like the cool headphones that like
1: wrapped around the back of your head?
0: No, I wish. But my, my best friend Jessica and I used to um break our headphones in half so that we could each have an ear. Like, there was, like, a way that you could kind of, like, undo them. And then you would each have, like, a part of the wire. So you could just hold, like, one of the, like like, the – and it had, like, the mesh, like, the squishy, like – Microphone kind of material on mm-hmm. it, you know? So it's like it it was the original, like sharing earbuds, <laughs> like except like maybe a little less invasive, but also like harder to handle. Um, but discman. and then i I, I agree with Quan, obviously, like Queen Quan um has my heart. At, but maybe don't break the property of students. <laughs> like, I understand, like, Spinner is obviously super in the wrong. He's the fucking worst. But you you probably shouldn't break the personal property of a 13-year-old.
1: Yeah, not super cool, but he was also listening to music in class, so I understand the rage she was feeling. So after this happens, Spinner has, like, a vendetta against Ms. Kwan for, like, no reason, basically. Uh, but then after this scene, we go back to the grade sevens and they're in P.E. And first of all, do they not have gym uniforms at Degrassi? Because they're all wearing like their own
0: clothes. Well, that's I wanted to. Can we do fashion police? OK, so fashion police time. We'll start with the gym clothes. I actually I really liked that because I, I went to public school and I uh, so I never saw, like, uniform gym clothes. Like, we always brought our own clothes, like, forever. So whenever, like, TV shows had, like, people in matching gym uniforms, I always thought that was, like, weird and old-fashioned, because I know that, like, when my mom was in high school, they all had to, like, have, like, uniform gym clothes, but we always, like, brought our own stuff. So I actually really liked that.
1: Oh, that's weird. I would, I mean, I went to public school, and I always had gym uniforms in middle school and in high school, but... I don't know, maybe that's the difference between, like, my district and your district. I don't know. But I just felt like it was weird because I feel like your clothes would just get gross.
0: Well, I mean, we didn't wear, like, our normal clothes. Like, we packed specific gym clothes. We're getting a lot into the nuances <laughs> of gym attire. The fact of the matter is I almost never showed up to gym class anyway, so who cares? Um, So Emma's crimped hair comes in stages. Emma's hair comes in stages like all together in this episode the beginning when sean asks her out her crimped hair is bad and so is her headband it's like real bad and then the date her hair looks good and it's like flat and nice and at the end i like her crimped hair so it's it really i think it just depends on placement and how much they do it but the crimped hair at the end was really good
1: yeah the crimped hair with the headband was not great it just it made the it was too much contrast against the crimped hair having like that's straight headband against it but otherwise I think her hair is pretty good speaking of hair though Ashley's hair I think is up for the very first time that we've seen in like a weird pom-pom like bun when we first see her and when she's in the hallway with Jimmy when they have their gross which we got to talk about that soon after the dodgeball scene but she her hair is up I think for the first time which was
0: new (laughs) I like her hair up. This is the most likable I found Ashley. So (laughs) maybe it's just based on how like triangular her hair is. Um, I also wanted to talk about the date outfits in general because I'm obsessed with Sean's date turtleneck. It's (laughs) fucking adorable. It's like, it's just the cutest like first date, like adorable boy thing. Like it's just very sweet. The turtleneck with the jean jacket. It's a very like bad boy gone good. I mean, he still has to have his signature
1: jean jacket incorporated, but he's like, he's like dressing up a little bit more like a good boy with his little good boy turtleneck, but he's still got the bad boy jean jacket on. So it's like, no, it's still Sean. He's just trying to impress you. Also, Emma's second date outfit. Why would you choose overalls? I do not understand.
0: See, this is the difference between your style and my style is that I Highly preferred Emma's second date outfit. I was like so on board for the overalls. <laughs> I was like the overalls are great, but I like them as like a bold fashion choice and like and like kind of like a nineties callback that I don't think is what she was going for. I think she's just a child.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I'm all for overalls as a fashion statement, but she looked like a little girl in overalls. Like she looked like a seven year old wearing overalls. And, but yeah, no, her first date outfit was also not great. She looked like she was wearing like yoga pants and a matching jacket with a collared shirt underneath.
0: Um, My last fashion notes are that Emma's purse is weird and Spike is beautiful. And that's really all I got.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't take that many because there was so much else going on in the episode. So I think we can close out Fashion Police and jump back into the dodgeball scene. Because so Emma is confused about whether like what hangout means and she and, em- and Manny are still talking about it while they're stretching for Jim. And she calls Sean over and is like, so about tonight. And he like takes that as if like she's like already canceled on him and he looks so sad. It's like, oh, OK, yeah. Or I don't even remember. He's like, yeah in a, like, defeated kind of a way. And she's like, wait, what? And then apparently they're playing dodgeball in gym and Emma gets the ball and just starts, like, impaling Sean with the dodgeball,
0: which I don't understand. So I didn't take his yaw as, like, a sad, defeated ya. I took it as, like a like, he's, like, kind of embarrassed and bashful and, like, he's like, oh, yeah, and he, like, didn't really want to talk about it because that's, I mean, I feel like that's, why a lot especially at his age boys are like not wanting to like talk about like i want to ask you on a date because that makes you vulnerable and being vulnerable is shitty so he's like she's like about tonight and he's like uh uh, yeah okay like like and i i'll see you then and i'm just gonna be fucking weird about it i did not take it that way i've like
1: i thought It looked like he interpreted her being like, so about tonight, it sounded like she might have been about to back out of it. And he was jumping to conclusions. It was like, yeah. And like was like, oh, okay, never mind.
0: It could go either way. Either way, they're both really bad at communicating, (laughs) I think, is really what we're learning from this. If two people watching the same thing at the same time still don't understand, like, what either of them wants. Um. Yeah, but then Emma goes fucking ballistic. Why is she so mad? I don't
1: understand it. Yeah, so in my interpretation of the scene, it like from Sean's point of view, it it seems like Emma was just about to cancel on him and then just started wailing him with dodgeballs and I was like
0: he, he must just be so confused. <laughs> I mean no wonder he's like you hate me and she's like why would you think that? I'm like why wouldn't he think that? I I don't understand it from cuz I I like I I understand her being confused and I I don't think that he was trying to cancel or I don't think that he thought that she was trying to cancel but I still don't understand where she's at or what she's doing. Like she's just she went crazy. She went full-blown, crazy, cuckoo bananas, and I don't understand why. She's just taking out all this rage on him, and I can't, like, see it from her perspective in a way that makes sense. Like, it feels like the period episode, again, where she's, like, going, like, ballistic about astronomy versus astrology, and it's like, Emma, cool down. Except now, she's not PMSing. She's just, like, <laughs> like reacting oddly to things. She's
1: just like in panic mode and her brain is not making any sense of the situation. And it's just like, I don't, I don't understand what's happening with them. So I'm just going to throw balls at him and because I don't know what else to do. I uh, I don't, I don't know. It was so weird. And then, so after PE, they're in the media immersion lab again. And she's like IMing him in an interface that looks exactly like the n.com did back in like 2005. But she's, messaging him like what's going on with you and he's like um what do you mean what's going on with you why, why do you hate me she's like what did you think that and he then he walks over to her and is like because you kept throwing fucking dodgeballs at my face
0: also what like what school is playing dodgeball that's so dangerous the one time that they asked me to play dodgeball in high school I left I mean I didn't go a lot but like I I was so like appalled that they wanted me to get ha- to like ha- try to throw balls at people or more accurately get like balls chucked into my face by like sport guys that like really cared about things like gym class. I went into the locker room and I was like I'm going to go change. And then I hid cuz there was construction being done on my school. <laughs> so I hid in the construction and once everyone cleared out I just Smoked cigarettes in the construction part of the locker room (laughs) because that was me in high school.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, we definitely I definitely played dodgeball in high school and middle school, but it was always like my most dreaded day of P.E. And I, I but we didn't play we played with like weird foam balls that didn't actually hurt you unless like, aggro dudes would whip them at you. So I would always just, like, try to get hit immediately so I can just sit out so I didn't have to play because I hated it so much.
0: See, that's a good strategy. They had us doing it with, like, kickballs.
1: That's dangerous.
0: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's dangerous. Like, fuck you for doing that. So, you know, fuck them for doing that, to the Degrassi kids, because that's uncool. That's, like, that's just bad teaching. Um, speaking of teaching, so, okay, so Queen Kwan is a queen for a reason, so, you know, she gives Spinner attention, whatever, who cares, Spinner is the worst human garbage alive, and then she's in the hallway, and, uh, she... And uh, like Jimmy is talking to Ashley in the hall. Sorry, I really wanted to do it from Queen Quan's perspective, and I just couldn't do it. Um, So Jimmy and Ashley are in the hall, and Jimmy's like, Quan is like, I don't know what he says, but he basically is saying she's a bitch. I think she he says tyrant. I don't know, but that you're skipping over like
1: Jimmy and Ashley are like making out in the hallway and then Queen Kwan walks by and is like, um, this is a school, not a petting zoo. And then they like look at her and then she says something amazing, which is uh, you two may think you're adorable, but that doesn't mean anyone else does. And then she like walks
0: away and it was just like, boom, Quan burn. Quan dropped the mic, and Holland and I just jumped back in our chairs and went, whoa, (laughs) because it was great. It was the best thing that's happened to me. It was because that's all the things that we're feeling. It is. It's how we all feel about Ashley and Jimmy. They're our anti-ship, basically. And, you know, because as soon as he was like, my Juliet, and they started to make out, I literally was just like, ew, I hate it. You audibly went like,
1: oh, no, (laughs) it was just like, nobody wants to see that. They're so boring and awful and gross. And so after she (laughs) drops the drops that bomb on them in the hallway that now Jimmy is also mad at her with Spinner. And then they go to the cafeteria and Spinner is like wearing his hairnet and still working in the cafeteria and he's like, "We should get her back da, 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 da. And also, in that scene, Ms Guan is eating in the cafeteria, which I was also confused by because I don't think teachers usually do that,
0: yeah, no, unless they're like monitoring the class see the the thing about Spinner and Jimmy throughout this whole thing is Spinner's constantly a monster, and Jimmy is like. Like, not super easily manipulated, but he's still like, I feel like he just kind of goes with the flow sometimes. But he's very like aware of who Spinner is as a person. Like, he's not, I, the thing that I like about Jimmy is that even though he like kind of gets bullied into a few things, he doesn't fully buy into Spinner's bullshit. Like, when Spinner is talking about, he's like, Quan is the reason that I'm in this hairnet doing this job which is crazy that they have this student working during school hours, by the way. I stand by that question. Um, You know, Jimmy's like, no, you're the reason that you're there because you're an idiot and you put bugs in Ashley's lunch. And it's like, yes, thank you, exactly. Like, Jimmy fucking knows the deal, but he's also like a little bit, like, I mean, Quan just insulted him and his like gross (laughs) relationship. So he's like kind of reeling from that because it was fucking dope. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like that he doesn't fully buy into Spinner's bullshit. Like, he's like, no, you're the reason that you're here, dude. Like, because you fucked up.
1: Yes. Also, I love how the lunch lady calls Spinner princess. I just wanted to make
0: that known to the world because it's amazing. (laughs) The lunch lady is the best. Um, oh, and my other, besides Queen Guan, like, fucking blowing up, uh, Jimmy and Ashley spot. I love Paige's thing with Emma like so 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 much.
1: Right. So then after this scene, they go. We Emma is in the hallway and is like, I don't know. I still don't know what hanging out means. And um, Paige overhears her and Manny talking in the hallway and is like, "Hun, that's a date. Hanging like guys just speak in." like monosyllables and they are men of few words and that's what that means and it's just like another moment when Paige is just mentoring Emma into womanhood.
0: Paige is like her yeah no that's a good like she's kind of like her weird mentor through like all of her like growing up situations which is like kind of really sweet and she's just perfection and she's like she's not like being like like she's not easy i mean she's still like a blind person could see that you're into sean like she's not like she's not a pleasant person like you don't (laughs) like like i'm sure like emma isn't like dying to hang out with Paige now but she like gives her great advice and she's like she's like Fucking real with her about all of this stuff that Manny, despite being a really great supportive friend, is also totally a doormat in season one.
1: Yeah, because she's just equally as inexperienced and lives in La La Land where she thinks rom-coms are reality. So she doesn't really have a lot of great advice or seasoned advice for Emma, but Paige has been around a little bit longer and can help her out. So, but after this We're back in Ms. Kwan's classroom, which I don't know why they have English like all day long, but (laughs) we're back in the classroom and they're all waiting for Ms. Kwan to come back in. And Spinner goes in front of the classroom and like pretends to be Ms. Kwan and is like, oh, Shakespeare is the greatest of all time. And then he and Jimmy have like a weird like role play that is not funny and is like barely insulting.
0: That's what I wrote down. I was like, they're not even really mocking. They're just having a conversation. And it's like pretty accurate. (laughs) Like there's no part of it that's like making her sound bad. If anything, it's like making them sound bad. It's like you get detention for a week because you're a moron. (laughs) And it's like, but you guys are morons. Like that's, that's just what's happening. You're insulting yourself. You're not even saying anything bad about her.
1: Yeah, it's the dumbest thing. And then she comes back in and like, says what they were saying verbatim and is like, oh, hey, guess what? Did you know that I can hear everything you say through the intercom when I'm in Mr. Rauch's classroom? And I was just like, boom, again, Quan. She knows all. You can't get anything past her because she's amazing.
0: Queen Quan is my favorite of all the humans.
1: And so then she gives Jimmy detention along with Spinner after his Discman episode. So they have to stay after school in detention. And now they're just like even more pissed. And in detention, um, Spinner passes a note to Jimmy that just says, tonight equals revenge.
0: Just so fucking dumb. And it's like, and they're like, this is all her fault, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, you deserve your detention, you fucking nitwits. Like, you're so stupid. And you're just, you were disruptive and you were assholes in her classroom. And you should have detention. Why are you lashing out at this woman who's just doing her fucking job? So fucking dumb.
1: Quan does not deserve anything that she gets in this episode. She's just being like a teacher and a rational human being. Maybe the burn in the hallway was a, like a little bit over the line for a teacher to say, but I still was in love with it because it was true. So I'm still not faulting her for saying that to them because it was gross. And I guess technically against school conduct. Like I guess you can't make out with people in the hallway, which I get if you're like 13. But anyway, they have detention. They want to get revenge, whatever. But before that, Sean and Emma finally figure out that they're actually going out on a date. And Sean is so excited when she's not mad at him anymore, or seemingly mad at him anymore. And he's like, okay, I'll pick you up at 7. Yay. And I was just like, oh, my God. They're
0: adorable. They're so cute. It made me so happy. I love how cute they are. Um... And, like, with Queen Guan, I mean she has been maybe a little bit out of line lately, but just in this episode, they like made her to a little bit of an extreme um just with breaking the disc man and the like snarky comment in the hallway, it's like stuff that's like not crazy and does not deserve tonight equals revenge <laughs> and mouth sounds, which I'm gonna fucking get to um. <laughs> But you know, but she hasn't been like the best. But once you hear about like all the stuff that's happening, it's out of line. Um, and it, but it's like you get it, you understand why. Um, but yeah, Sean and Emma are so cute, like just so cute. I can't handle it. I mean, I think we all know who ship of the episode is going to be. Duh. Sean and Emma, like. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Unanimous. We don't even have to do it later. Hey Helen, what's your ship of the episode? It's fucking Sean and Emma, and let's just dive into their date right
1: now. So he picks, he goes to pick up Emma at her house at 7 PM. He's walking up in his little turtleneck and jean jacket. And cute. And when Spike opens the door, I found it weird that he was on a first name basis with her. He's like, Oh,
0: hello, Christine. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was weird, too. And it was, like, it was so quiet that it's, like, at first I was, like, am I hallucinating? Did that happen? Like, what's going on? But, yeah. Hello, Christine. I'm, like, have you guys
1: met before? I know. And it's he calls her Christine, not even Spike. He's just, like, she's, like, hello, Sean. He's, like, Christine. (laughs) Or, like, Miss Nelson. I know. I'm, like, it's you're about to go on a date with this person's daughter. Like, I feel like you should... At least do the Miss Nelson to start out and have her say, oh, no, call me Christine. But he's like, nope. Hi, Christine. Which I, I don't even think I didn't even call my friend's parents by the first names and, unless they told me so.
0: Yeah, it, it's a little forward of him, um, but that's fine. Whatever. He's he's a bad boy. He lives life on the edge. He's Ryan Atwood light. Um, And I love their photos that they take. They're so cute. Like, I want to have them and I want to hang them on my wall.
1: I want their photos framed forever, and there are two of them because take one, they go outside, and immediately Emma just has a bird shit on her when she's talking about verbal diarrhea, which was a little bit too, like, on the nose, but I still found it hilariously cringeworthy
0: yeah that scene has stuck with me like into adulthood and now when i'm on dates i'm still like really really worried that a bird is gonna shit on me (laughs) Uh, and i'm like kind of worried about that for life but like everything that happens to her is like it's like low-key like humiliating but it's not the worst thing that could happen like this date could be so much worse but it's still i think if this was my day i would be like i can never see this person again i'm just gonna cut my losses and go home and just Be sad because I'll get a cat, whatever.
1: (laughs) But I love how even after she goes in and changes, Spike makes them take another. I mean, we don't (laughs) we don't see them take the second picture, but we find out later when Emma has the two at school after the date. But I love how Spike is like, oh, you changed. Wait, let me get another picture just to, like, make this stick into your brains forever.
0: Spike is mom goals.
1: (laughs) We know this. Spike is the best mom. So then they go to the mall and they have veggie burgers and we get a little background on why Sean can't eat beef anymore because he worked at his or he stayed with his aunt and uncle who had a cattle farm but where they raised cattle for harvesting,
0: which means for slaughter. It was a real bummer, but I was like and, and like they showed Emma like disgusted, but I was like. But also, that's, like, so right up her alley. Like, she's such a... I mean, I i like to think that Emma is smart enough that she doesn't buy into PETA. But she's, like, you know, one of the, like, more, like, humane companies than PETA. Because you guys, spoiler alert, PETA is fucking garbage.
1: Yeah, you. I would have thought that Sean's sad story about having to see cattle slaughtered or harvested, as he says... Um, would make her just fall in love with them even more that like, I saw this and I decided that if I couldn't handle seeing them harvested, I couldn't handle eating them. And she's like, that makes a lot of sense. I guess a lot of people, a lot of people don't even think about the things that they eat. And she kind of goes off in a little tangent and a little social
0: justice warrior tangent about being a vegetarian. (laughs) Which was very sweet. And I think he understood. He was like, yeah, totally. But then he was also distracted because she had ketchup on her face. Which he's just like, yeah, you have a glob on your face. Just Sean has no tact. <laughs> I like it though. I think she needed it. Like it's, but oh man. And then, and then the fucking wallet. I just, I, I- she is like, I threw my wallet away. Oh my God. And, the whole time i because i was like slowly remembering this episode so the whole time i was like check your purse check your purse check your purse
1: i know she like supposedly does like one pass through her purse and was like oh my god it's gone forever it must be in the garbage and then so then sean starts digging through the garbage the security guard comes up to them and is like what are you doing and he makes them go outside and so they can dig through the garbage in peace away from other people and then Emma's like, oh, no, wait. It actually is in this weird part of my bag. And they missed their movie, and they had to dig through garbage, and Emma
0: is mortified. And then she runs away, which I understand, because that would probably also be my reaction, and I'm, like, 10 years older than Emma. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe just as mature. Um, So then, hopping back into uh, Queen Kwan's classroom um is it just me or is this esl class like a little bit offensive
1: (laughs) it has a lot of weird stereotypes about just people who can't speak english ms kwan is teaching night school she's teaching english and um they're having a test and she's speaking very like you will write this test When you're taking the test, you will be writing the test and after you will say, I wrote the test. I'm like, okay, I feel like that's a little overkill, but I appreciate you and you're a great person for teaching English in your free time.
0: I mean, I think it also is like a thing like she needs the extra money because her husband is sick and I don't know how public school teachers are paid in Canada, But in America, they're paid like garbage, and I'm so sorry. You guys are the real heroes. Yeah, probably not
1: very well. So she's teaching night school, and Jimmy and Spinner break into Mr. Radich's office because they had, like, left tape on the door so it didn't lock. And then Spinner just starts chewing gum into the intercom, which I bet you hated,
0: Okay, so Holland knows that I'm very sensitive to sounds. Um, And I fucking... I don't like repetitive noises. And I fucking hate mouth sounds. And this was all of those things. And I'm really upset about it. I just... I just cringing and dying on the inside. And I just wanted to end. I wanted to end so badly. I hated it. I hated it so much. No mouth sounds.
1: It was really gross. And so Quan goes to investigate. But she can't find the culprit. And then... Jimmy and Spinner order like chicken wings, like a like $53 worth of chicken wings to the classroom, which I kind of thought backfired because they order all these chicken wings and he's like, that'll be $53. You ordered this. Your name's Ms. Kwan. This is the phone number. She's like, I didn't do it. But then all the people in her classroom are like, I'll help pay for it. I want chicken wings. I have hunger. I am hungry too. And they like use their English to say how hungry they are, and they just pay for the chicken wings, and it's all good. But Somehow, Jimmy and Spinner are still laughing about it.
0: You know, I, I thought that went, like, really best case scenario. I mean, I think she was upset that she was, like, undermined and that, you know, it, it disrupted her classroom. And, you know, that's and they were taking a test. They they shouldn't have been, like, chatting and, like, eating and stuff. And I get that. I mean, it's kind of a buzzkill. But, you know, best case scenario for that sort of situation. And then they fucking egg her car. I was Furious! I was furious through this whole thing. Like, and they just listed off all the reasons that they were egging her car, and they were the stupidest fucking reasons ever. All of Spinners were garbage, and then Jimmy had one reason (laughs) that he only threw one egg, and it was like, "And this is for me and Ash." And I was like, "Go fuck yourself, Jimmy!" But mostly, go fuck yourself, Spinner, because when she comes out and she starts to cry. Spinner has this like look of glee on his face that made me throw up in my mouth.
1: Spinner was the anti-spirit squad captain of the episode. He was so awful. And like when they started throwing the eggs, I was like, nope, too far. You've crossed the I mean, you've crossed the line already, but this is just even farther than you should be. It was awful. And she comes out and she starts crying. And I was just like, oh, this is the worst. Spinner, I hate you. And then the next day at school, we find out that she is not coming back to school for the rest of the term because she's been working overtime and her husband is sick and it's been really hard. And then I hope fucking Spinner and Jimmy feel really bad about what they did because it was awful.
0: I just, I fucking hate it. I mean, at least Jimmy looked remorseful when she cried and he didn't really want to throw the egg, Mm -mm. but then he did it because he like, he's only like, He has, like, half of a backbone, so he, like, threw the egg eventually. But he felt weird about it, you could tell. And then – and he actually looked remorseful when she cried, which is, like, he shouldn't be getting a pat on the back for that at all. But Spinner is such a fucking monster that, in comparison, Jimmy's great.
1: Yeah. Jimmy, I felt like, was mostly just, like, along for the ride and taking – Like, Spinner was taking the lead on everything, and Jimmy was just like, oh, whatever, I guess I'll do this with you. He was. I never got the impression that Jimmy was, like, super pissed off at Ms. Kwan. He was just, like, minorly annoyed that he embarrassed or she embarrassed him and Ashley in the hallway. But still, he shouldn't have – I mean, it's kind of like the peer pressure deal with this situation for him, which doesn't excuse his behavior, but it just kind of explains it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a bummer. And then we're back in the English classroom and Jimmy and Spinner are like talking about what they did. And they're really proud of it, which I was kind of surprised from Jimmy because he did look remorseful at the end. And I was like, why are you, you know, I mean, Spinner was mostly the one talking about it. And then Jimmy was like, it was pretty funny. But Ashley being like, it doesn't sound funny at all. It sounds kind of horrible. I was like, good for you. This is the most I've ever liked you. (laughs)
1: And I think, and Jimmy did look kind of ashamed when Ashley kind of was like, um, I don't like that. And he's like, oh, also when they were talking about it in class, did you notice the kid standing behind Spinner who had like dyed red hair and was wearing a tie?
0: No, not (laughs) at all. But I did see someone who looked like Ellie, but blonde. And I, I was very excited.
1: I saw her too. But yeah, so it freeze frames on them. But let's hop back and let's just end this co- like episode conversation with on a high note and just talk about Sean and Emma. But we have
0: to first we have to talk about Radich divulging like way too much personal information. Um, because I I want to end it on the high note. So let's save Emma and Sean. Um, so all right, so they're showing off and Ashley's like, wow, that actually sounds mean and kind of shitty. And then Jimmy's like, "Oh, sad face," and Spinner's like, "I'm an asshole," and uh, so that's what's going on. And Radich comes in and he's like, Ms. Kwan isn't going to be here for the rest of the term," and everyone's like, "What happened?" And they they mostly are just sad because it means that their field trip is canceled, which is <laughs> shitty and stupid. But you know, as a person who was in a class that literally drove a first year teacher to go back into working in labs um and not teach anymore uh, I'm not proud of that I didn't get involved but it happened under my watch um I I I know that I know that feel um but yeah so he like he Mr. Radich divulges a lot of like really personal information like just because Terry asked which is like I mean Terry that's nosy and Mr. Radich you really shouldn't be telling that much about a teacher without her consent while she's not there to her students. Although it really hit the mark of Spinner and Jimmy are fucking assholes.
1: Yeah. It was a bit of an overshare, not really his place to share, but it made the impression I think it was supposed to make. Um, so yeah, her husband is sick. She's been working too much. She's not coming back for the rest of the term. Spinner and Jimmy are dumb asses. But meanwhile, in the media immersion lab, Emma, JT, Toby, and Manny are looking at the photos that Spike took of Sean and Emma on their date. And JT comes in with his one line of the episode with like, I like your first outfit better.
0: One line the whole episode, and it was a stupid line. (laughs) And frankly, I disagree. Um, But then Sean comes in, and it's so sweet. And oh, his music starts playing. He comes
1: over, and he sees the photos, and then... He's, and Emma's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry about sorry. last night. Sorry. <laughs> and he's like, no, I had so much fun. Or he sees the photo and takes the second one and is like, can I have this? And the music is playing. And she's like, it's all yours.
0: And it's so cute. And I love that he took the second one because that's the one that she was more insecure about. So the fact that he wanted the one, like, after the bird mishap, I was just like, oh, Sean is perfect. Sean is perfect. So,
1: ship the episode. Obviously, Sean and Emma because of just everything we just said because they're adorable.
0: And who is your spirit squad captain?
1: I, there wasn't t- really saw anyone who did too much, but I think I'm just going to go with Paige because she's just like the best mentor for Emma and she always knows what's happening in she always knows how to explain things for
0: little naive Emma. I mean, I'm gonna go with Queen Guan because I feel so bad. I just feel bad and she had a real sick burn <laughs> on Ashley and Jimmy, which was great. I mean, she wasn't, her moral compass wasn't perfect, you know, but I'd like to pick an underdog and I just, God, I feel so bad and she is queen. Yeah, so Queen Kwan, Spirit Squad Captain.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And we're not going to see her for the rest of probably the season, so let's send her out on a high note. Mm-hmm. Moral of the episode. Is there a moral of this episode? I mean, don't be an asshole.
0: <laughs> and make sure that your wallet is in your purse. Like, be willing to double check things a few times, and also don't be an asshole. Don't blame other people for your problems. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. okay. Um, take responsibility for your own shit,
1: yeah, there we go. that that kind of covers everything. Take responsibility for yourself, yes, there we go.
0: <laughs> I mean, all right. I mean, that's that's kind of. I, we're good, That's right? Out of it. <laughs> okay. I mean, let's do some fucking plugs. Um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at DegrassiPod, and you can follow us on Tumblr. Whatever it takes. Podcast.tumblr.com, or you can email us whatever it takes, podcast at gmail.com, and we are also on SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, and like rate and review and give us some stars and shit. And that would be very cool. And subscribe if you want. Um,
1: personal plugs, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at
0: Holland Tacular. and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Kelsucks and um plug another thing to offset some karma and like give you your next degrassi. Holland, do you have anything in mind?
1: Um, I'm going to plug a podcast that you actually <laughs> recommended to me because I can't think of anything else right now. But it's a great one. I just listened to the recent episode today. It's called You Must Remember This. It's a podcast that talks about the lost or forgotten stories of old Hollywood. And it's like juicy stuff about really cool people who were around back then. And it's a fun it's a fun listen. I would recommend it.
0: It's a really good really good podcast. Totally agree with that. Um and I am suggesting um Grace and Frankie is a show on Netflix. Season 2 comes out this weekend. A full disclosure we're recording this a few days in advance, but when this comes out, Grace and Frankie season 2 will have been out for two whole days. I will be in Texas, so I will not be watching it. But, I mean, I will catch up as soon as I come home because it's one of my favorite shows. It's one of the best things on Netflix. It's honestly, it's so good. I mean, the whole cast is amazing. I love every single part of this show, and you should all be watching it. Oh, and also, because Mother's Day is coming up, it's a really good show to watch with your mom. My mom and I fucking love Grace and Frankie. We rewatch the episodes together all the time when I go home.
1: I fucking love that show so much. That is what my Friday night is going to be. I know I'm really cool, guys. But no, Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, Sam Watterson, uh, June Diane Raphael. I love her so much. Everyone on that show
0: is amazing. Just everyone. Brooklyn Decker, who is like one of those annoying people who's like so funny and beautiful and perfect and a good actress. I follow her on all the things. She's, <laughs> she's like a little bit like Chrissy Teigen in that she's like just a perfect human, but also you could see yourself being like her best friend but you like wouldn't want to go out in public with her because like she would just you would look like a troll doll next to her because she's just statuesque and magnificent <laughs> but she's a really good actress but that fucking show is so it's perfect it is the perfect show um so yeah i mean ending on a high note uh tune in in a few days when we'll be here talking about episode 12 bye panthers bye panthers mm.